Welcome to VGK Today, presented by MGM Rewards, a daily podcast bringing you an inside look at the Vegas Golden Knights 2023 Stanley Cup playoff run. I'm Justin Russo with the Golden Knights on Saturday, May 13th, and last night the VGK put together a 4-3 win in Game 5 of their second round series against the Edmonton Oilers to put them within one win of the Western Conference Final. Now again, Vegas gave up the first goal in Game 5. It was Connor McDavid on an early power play opportunity that struck first in this one for the Edmonton Oilers, but the Golden Knights did what they've done in each of their wins in this series, and that is respond quickly, because Jack Eichel, 50 seconds after Connor McDavid scored, went down on the other end and got a goal for the VGK to tie the game up and bring them right back into the game. And though that was an important point in this game, there was a stretch of 90 seconds in the second period that really turned the game on its head because the Golden Knights, after getting a 5-on-3 power play opportunity, went on to score three goals in 90 seconds to go from trailing 2-1 to to having a 4-2 to lead over the Edmonton Oilers. Mark Stone, Riley Smith, and Nick Haig all score in 90 seconds for the VGK to give them that 4-2 to lead, and that was exactly the cushion they needed heading into the third period because with just 23 seconds to go in the second period, Vegas riding high, Keegan Colasar takes a five-minute major penalty that gives the Edmonton Oilers new life in the third period. And now, going into the second intermission, the Vegas Golden Knights, despite having that two-goal lead, were faced with the seemingly impossible task of holding off the Edmonton Oilers for five consecutive minutes on the man advantage. And for the VGK, you have to say, they did one heck of a job during that penalty kill because Vegas only allowed one goal in the entire five minutes, and it was a great individual effort by Connor McDavid to get around the Golden Knights' defense and put one by Aiden Hill on a second-chance opportunity after Hill even made the initial save. So Connor McDavid got the Oilers within one, but the Golden Knights stood strong. The rest of that penalty kill only gave up the one goal, and really in the entire third period were extremely aggressive and trying to do whatever they could to make sure the Oilers couldn't gain a rhythm and couldn't find their game in that third to get back into it and tie it to send it to overtime. And you have to give a lot of credit to the Golden Knights for really rallying around each other, buying into their game, and giving it all in that third period to maintain that one-goal lead. So for the Golden Knights, a 4-3 to three win in Game 5, but I want to go back to that sequence in the second period because, again, that is really where this game got turned on its head, a three-goal 90-second stretch for the Vegas Golden Knights that took them from trailing by one to leading by two and set the tone for the rest of the game. And, of course, the guy that got the Vegas Golden Knights going in that second period when they needed it, the captain, Mark Stone. And after Game 5, Brian McCormick had a chance to catch up with Mark Stone to talk about everything that went down last night. The Edmonton Oilers power play remained red hot on Friday night at T-Mobile Arena, but the Golden Knights were dominant 5-on-5 five five in Game 5 and got a boost from their power play as well. Hello, friends. I'm Brian McCormick. This is VGK Today, and the Golden Knights pull ahead in the series in Game 5. We caught up with Golden Knights captain Mark Stone just after the end of Game 5 for instant reaction and analysis. Here's what the captain had to say. With Captain Mark Stone, uh, Mark, after Game 5, you, you guys take a 3-2 series lead. This has been a back-and-forth series to this point. How important was it for you guys not only to, to hold serve, but also to have the performance you did in what felt like one of the tighter contests of this series so far? Yeah, it definitely was. I um, thought overall 5-5, five and five, uh, I thought we dictated a lot of the play. Um, it obviously, we gave up three in the penalty kill, but I'll, 
I think that was one of the big differences in the game was was finishing off that that five minute major. Only giving up one was was key, and I mean it's kind of a bad bounce. Um, so overall, I thought it was a pretty good effort by us. Um, we stuck to the game plan. We started taking over the game a little bit in the in the second period. Started getting our chances, drawing some penalties, and in the third period after that kill, I thought we did a great job at just um, you know limiting their time and space and, and controlling the play in their end. It's interesting, Mark. You talk about the penalty kill, the, the job the penalty kill did tonight. Two of the goals that they score are off of relatively broken plays. You can analyze the penalty kill not just on the percentages, but on what you guys did within those two minutes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, they got three. We don't we don't like them getting three, but um, it happens. Um, they have a great power play, but uh, if we can keep them five and five, I think it's a it's a big win for us. But uh, like I said, you're killing a five minute major. They get one, um, you know, kind of relatively early, but we were able to kill the last three and a half minutes was was, was key. Not all power plays are created equal. For you guys, you get a five-on-three opportunity in the second period, turns the game around. How important is it for you guys, not just to produce, but also to be opportunistic when the, the opportunities to turn the game around come your way? Yeah, it was big. I mean, it's not just the first goal, it's the second goal. Uh, you know, you kind of get the uh, the first one, and then the, the, the other unit goes out there and capitalizes on another one. So um, those are huge momentum swings. Um, you know, I think sometimes when you get the goal on the five-on-three, you kind of just forget that you're, you're still in the power play but uh, that other unit went out there um, stuck to it um, you know we got our bounce there and we, and we get a big goal from Smitty uh, off a, a relatively harmless play but we execute and your goal five on three earlier in that two minute advantage a couple of looks go through Shea Theodore but then Jack finds you at the side of the net obviously you're looking for the, the open look on a five on three but was there discussion about trying to attack from the goal line out if that look opened up no, I think obviously Theo had a couple good looks, a couple good shots. Going made a good save, but um, we got five guys that get through. So I figured if I could get that puck to the net, uh, even if I didn't score, we could probably outman him at the net and, and find a way to get it in. Passing for Eichel. Here the left dot. Down to the goal line. Stone slam dunk score. Two two tied. Five fifty five to go. Second period. Stone delivers the power play goal, fifth of the playoffs for Mark Stone, and is second on the power play. We're with Mark Stone. You know, we hear coaches and players talk about all the time how important it is not to be chasing the game. You guys have trailed early in games in this series in each game, but the three games that you've won, you've come back in less than two minutes to answer. Tonight it was about 50 seconds. It's obviously important to tie the game, but how important is also early in games the way you guys have almost resets the game? Oh, for sure. Uh... You know, obviously, you don't want to go down early uh, in every game, but um, you know they think they're getting the momentum. If we're able to get goals, uh, you know, within the two minutes, it, it really like takes away a lot of their momentum. It gives us a, a huge boost. Mm, you know, those are big goals. Uh, you know, even even Jack's t- uh, goal tonight today, they challenged. We get on the power play. Actually, had some really good looks on that power play. We just didn't capitalize, and um, then they come back, score again. But we're still feeling good about the way we're playing. Um, uh, you know, especially five and five, and um, came out uh, uh, and pressed hard. Got a couple power play goals, got rewarded, and then get a big, uh, a, a big uh, insurance goal by Hager there. For Jack Eichel, a three-point night for him. I think it's his third three-point game of these playoffs. There was a lot of excitement to see what he would do in his first NHL playoff action, but tonight felt like a game where not just the point production, but even just puck control, where he he really took over a lot of his shifts. As the puck ends up on the near boards, puck comes out in front. They score. Finds the puck in front and ties the game. 
Yeah, well, he can skate with, with you know, with pretty well everyone, and he's so big and strong. So when he gets control of that puck and um, kind of puts guys on his their back on his back, it's it's tough to control him. Um, we see it in practice uh, when he gets rolled up the wall, and uh, you're trying to defend him. He's so good at protecting the puck, so um, it kind of wears on on their defense, wears on their forwards, uh, having to uh, you know hang around in, in the D zone all, all night when when he's protecting pucks like that, and uh, really opens up a lot of uh, space for his, his linemates. With Mark Stone, talk about the five-on-five work that you guys did. They had 15 shots on the power play. There's a five-minute major in there too, but they had 16 shots at five-on-five. What did you guys do to, to gum things up for them? You know, I thought our deep did a really good job of breaking the puck out. Um, they're taking some hits, um, but uh, there's one decor in this league that uh, uh, embraces his physical play and, um, and doesn't mind going back, getting pucks, and, and breaking the puck out. It's our defense. Uh, so I thought they did a really good job at um, you know, limiting the, the rush chances, keeping them on the outside. But when, when they did dump it in, which I think was their, a lot of their game plan, our, our defense did a really good job of getting back, uh, forward supporting. Uh, and ultimately, I think a lot of us, uh, you know, as forwards and D, we did a lot of good job resetting the puck in the O-zone. Um, the best off, our best defense is playing offense, right? Um, if you make them come 200 feet, it's a lot harder. And without Alex Petrangelo tonight, so that uh, systematically everyone's got to step up. And as you mentioned, you guys did that. How important does that make the details? You're not going to replace an Alex Petrangelo, but as a unit, you guys can can make do. And tonight, you did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the ice time, but um, you know, I think it was spread out pretty well for uh, you know for our, our lines and our and our decor. So um, you know, obviously, Hudden's a, he's a, he's a high end pro. Um, you know, there's not many guys that can miss um, that many games come in and play well. Same for Teddy. Um, you know, hasn't played since the uh, the last game of the season, I think. And comes in and just give, gives us good shifts, um, energy shifts. And Huddy draws a four-minute minor for us. But, um, you know, those are hard, hard situations to come into. But um, they really, really stepped up. And I think Theo, um, you know, kind of took the, the bull by the horns there. He offensively, defensively played a great game for us. And, and everybody, you know, uh, at decor they, they grind. No matter what, they're going to grind. And, and that's all you can ask for. During the playoffs, a lot of guys are playing through bangs and bruises, uh, things on their mind, what have you. But William Carlson is a new father. He's got a lot on his mind. Uh, and I'm sure it's something, well, I know it's something that you can directly relate to a couple of months ago. Uh, did you have any advice for him? Or how did you think he uh, he played with uh, all that's going on in his life uh, right now for yeah. Game 5? Yeah, for sure. I think Naber probably had more experience with me. I was obviously out of the lineup, so I was able to spend... You know, three days in the hospital with my wife, I think it was a lot easier <laughs> for me and and my wife for that situation. But, um, you know, I think Howard's, he missed a game. It was the last game of the season. But, you know, Naber, he was right into the mix uh, after his, his baby boy was born. And, and Carl for, uh, you know, I think he spent a lot of time at the hospital last night and um, looked a little tired this morning. But, you know, he's got, uh, he's got a pretty big engine. Um, you know, he, he can skate like the wind. Um, he can skate for a long period of time he's like a speed skater out there. So um, I wasn't worried about him. Uh, I knew that he was going to step up, but uh, definitely happy for him. Um, you know, I think it's a pretty exciting time. I can speak from experience. It's a, it's a life-changing experience, and I think uh, he'll probably be pretty excited to, to go see his, uh, his baby boy. With Mark Stone, again, for you guys, you get the win to take a 3-2 series lead and a, a, a convincing defensive performance, especially five-on-five. Five. The last few minutes of the third period, though, you guys didn't sit back. You guys had might have been a 90-second shift in the offensive zone of puck possession. Was that you guys putting the pedal down to finish things off? Yeah, it's just effort, right? Um, you know, Smitty and Carly started it. Um, I'm not sure. I think Wazzy changed. I got out there. Um, Smitty changed. Howes got out there. Um, you know, and Stevie jumps the boards for for Carly, and you know I come off and get Marshy out there. It's just rolling the lines over, staying aggressive. Um, 
because you have to against these guys. If you let, if you sit back and and give these guys time and space, they're going to they're going to get their chances. So even in the six on five, I thought we did a really good job. I, you know, they, they took a couple shots from the point, but we're going to give something up. We got oh, we got to trust our goalie to make some saves, and and Hiller was there for us tonight when when we needed it. Each game's its own chapter, but a satisfying win for you guys, and you won the right way. Is there anything that you carry over from Game Five to Game Six? Yeah, I think we have to. Um, you know, I've said in the past that you don't get momentum from games, but we got to find a way to um, to carry some uh, some consistency. Uh, you know, we've had a couple lags in in, in games. Uh, you know, after wins, so um, I think we got to be uh, you know more prepared um, to, to step on the gas, like you said there. Um, when you get the lead, uh, you can't sit back. You got to keep going, and it's the same for us. We got the lead in the series. We got we got to continue to push forward, and, uh, and and that's when we're playing our best, anyways. When we're on our toes, um, you know, rolling over the four lines, um, you know, staying aggressive, five man four check, five man D zone, five man neutral zone. Um, we get that little that five man group going. Uh, we're pretty hard to beat. Congratulations on the win, Mark. Appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you. The third period felt like a five on five clinic for the Golden Knights once they were through the five minute major. And uh, perhaps no more evidently than at the end of the third period when they had a span of it felt like 90 seconds, perhaps multiple shifts in the offensive zone strung together where they were able to close this game out with assertiveness, with possession, uh, and put their foot down on Game 5. Now we turn to Game 6 where the Golden Knights will look to put things away in Alberta. Let's throw it back over to Justin Russo. Well, a great chat there between Brian McCormick and Captain Mark Stone of the Vegas Golden Knights. And I like what Mark said at the end there, talking about staying on the gas. You know, these two teams in this series have alternated wins in every single game. And we've talked about after each of these games, will one of these teams finally be able to win two games in a row and carry some momentum from that last game? Because we just haven't seen it throughout this entire series. And really until game five last night, we hadn't even seen a relatively close game. You can look back at game one. It was a two goal game, but really not as close as the score indicated. So finally last night, we got a close game. And now I think that Mark Stone and the Golden Knights recognize that they can build on what they did in last night's third period in terms of being aggressive and just taking it to the Edmonton Oilers. We saw that shift that he referenced last night in the third period where the Golden Knights had about 90 seconds to two minutes in the offensive zone while Edmonton was trying to push to get that last goal, trying to just get possession so they could take Jack Campbell out of the net and get to the six on five. And Vegas just wouldn't let him. They were just rolling guys over the boards, continuing to stay in that offensive zone. And I think that aggressive approach is something that they're going to need in game six. And the last thing that Mark mentioned there too is staying connected as a five-man unit, just playing as that five-man unit, getting in on the forecheck up front, getting back to get pucks in deep on defense, and just really having a cohesive five-man group, which is something that, again, in the wins we've seen from the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's been flawless hockey. They played so well when they're connected, but when things start to get a little disjointed, you see the wheels starting to fall off for the Vegas Golden Knights. So let's see if they can finally carry some momentum from game to game. I know Mark said he doesn't necessarily believe in game-to-game momentum, but I think this entire team realizes that not only did they get the win last night, but they got the win against an Edmonton Oilers team that felt like they were also playing their game in Game 5. And that was another thing we had talked about in previous episodes was each of these teams playing to their best ability at the same time. And I feel like in Game 5, that was the first time we really saw it where both of these teams were getting what they wanted in this game and playing to the best of their abilities at times. And for the Golden Knights, that has to be a confidence booster after Game 5, knowing that, okay, they were on point in this game. We took it to them, and we still beat them, even though they were getting to some of their game and getting some of the looks that they wanted, especially on the man advantage. So for the Golden Knights, let's see again if they can carry that momentum and carry that mindset into Game 6 now with a chance to move on to the Western Conference Final and put away the Edmonton Oilers once and for all.
So for the Vegas Golden Knights, of course, now with Game 5 behind them, the focus shifts to Game 6 tomorrow in Edmonton. Don't have the official start time just yet for the Vegas Golden Knights, but it's going to be a massive opportunity to make sure that at the first time of asking, they can clinch the series and take down the Edmonton Oilers in just six games. And for such a big game tomorrow, we had to bring in a very special person to preview all the action for a pivotal Game 6. That's right, it's Darren Millard coming back to VGK today to preview Game 6 between the Golden Knights and the Oilers. So for now, Justin Russo signing off for Episode 27 of VGK Today, presented by MGM Rewards. <laughs>